I believe that leadership isn't a position or a role, it's an action and a choice. I believe that leadership can be learned. I believe that great leaders emerge from adversity. I believe that Happy Valley is full of great leaders. These are their stories. Welcome to the Penn State Leaders Podcast. So today I've got with me Bill Robleski. Bill's the Associate Vice President for Infrastructure uh, who works in Penn State IT. So Bill's one of my peers here in uh, Penn State's Information Technology Group. So Bill, it's a pleasure to have you today. Thanks, Dave. Look forward to chatting. So we'll, we'll jump right in. So Bill, you not originally a Penn Stater. Tell me how you got to Penn State. Well, um, I spent, well, but again, thanks for having me, Dave. I spent my whole, most of my career in Michigan, you know, um, and I get a lot of grief from my Penn State friends about that, <laughs> especially on football Saturdays. Uh, but after about, uh, what, 26, 27 years of Michigan, uh, I decided it was time to move on. And I was able, and my, so my wife and I started looking around and I took a job at University of Hawaii. So I was there for about, I'd been there for about four and a half years or so. But when we went there, my, my wife and I agreed we'd go for about five years and then we'd think about what's next because it's a long way away from friends and family and such, but it was pretty cool to live there. But um, but I met up with some colleagues, particularly Jennifer Sparrow, Jen, Jen Stedland, and we had a national group of uh, IT leaders that meets three times a year. And and I had met with them a few times and they started twisting my arm and talking to me. And uh, uh, and I told them, no, you know, I said, we're not, I'm not, look, I'm in Hawaii, you know, State College does not sound that interesting to me. So, but I actually ran by my wife and said, what do you think about Pennsylvania? And she said, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. And so, and so, so, we, so then we started talking more and got serious. What was the job about? What, what was uh, interesting? Um, and so uh, pursued it and joined and then came here in the February of 2018. Great. Well, I love the sense of adventure that you and your wife have. Well, it's funny because if you would have known us before in our life, we didn't really have that. We lived in Ann Arbor, Michigan our whole lives. We both went to Ann Arbor Pioneer High School. I went to Michigan. She went to Michigan State. I don't hold that against her too much. And then, uh, and, and so we had lived our whole lives in Ann Arbor. So it's just the last 10 years, we've sort of taken a little more uh, travel and adventure. Yeah, for sure. That's great. Um, so Bill, as you think about your leadership journey, are there any individual people or, uh, or groups of people that have influenced you? Well, it's sort of maybe a funny one and then a serious one. The funny one is sort of that I, uh, there was a woman that, uh, ran, uh, I guess I say the names here, Renee Frost, someone I think of highly of, who um, was a leader when I was a sort of a junior, maybe in my late 20s or so, or early 30s. And uh, she gave me an opportunity to, to participate and actually take a big leadership role in a big ERP implementation. And she came to Hawaii um, for a, uh, and we went around the island for a day and and I said to her what the heck were you thinking like because I look back now how naive I was and how ignorant I was um and she was laughing you know and she, obviously she thought I had some promise or you know and it ended up working out but uh, I, I I thought that was great leadership that she took this big risk with somebody I you know I often ask myself would I take that same risk with other leaders, I think it's a good question for us to ask: Are we giving everyone the benefit of the doubt? Are we seeing that promise and what's possible, not just maybe what could go wrong? Um, so that's sort of, sort of a lighter one, just because I think she just she just took too big of a risk there, but it worked out for me. Um, my, but the leader I probably um, modeled myself after most was the person who, after that, I ended up working for, which is Laura Patterson. Laura Patterson. Um, 
uh, was the chief information officer at Michigan. She plays had some other roles where she so, so uh, that I, I worked for her under as well. Um, and what Laura sort of brought was a few things. One, she really um, empowers people, right? So it was like I felt like like I was trusted. I was given key responsibility. I was you know allowed to you know fail or succeed. Um, I had support, but I really felt like that's that I had that. So I tried to do that with my leadership. I try not to micromanage too much. I try to give people a chance to uh, to do things. You know, maybe maybe too much sometimes. I don't know. But then the other key thing I think Laura brought to to my attention that I started to understand was the idea of team. And she spent a lot of time trying to build our leadership team. And I didn't realize it at the time, uh, but we had a great team. Like uh, when you're in the midst of something that's really good, sometimes you don't appreciate it. And I, I look back and I've talked to some of the people that were on that team and they said the same thing. I said, yeah, that was really good. I didn't appreciate it at the time. And so, and frankly, one of the reasons I came to Penn State was because I was searching for that. I really wanted to be on a, an excellent team. And when I started talking with Jennifer and Jen and the other people on the, at Penn State, I was like, okay, this is an opportunity to be with a really great group of people because what I found is that's where I get my satisfaction. And I really got that from Laura, where she, I could see if you, if you invest in people, if you build high levels of trust, it creates a really fun and working environment and productive working environment. So, so that's really interesting because a lot of times I think when people think about leadership, they think about the team I'm leading, right? And, yeah. and you're bringing up a really interesting aspect, which is every leader is part of another team, right? And, and that, relationship with your peers and how you as a group lead the organization is as important, maybe sometimes even more important than how you lead individually. Well, I often ask people, I say, think about your favorite job or the time you were happiest in your career. And, and, and then I say, now, where do you want a great team? <laughs> and, and the answer is always, yes, I was, right? Mm -hmm. So I just think who you're working with, and you're right, there's both kinds of teams, the teams that work for you and the teams are your peers who work with you. Um, that really plays a big role in your in your ability to succeed and be happy. I think for a lot of us, because I think most of us are where we are. We really value what the organization is going to do. We want to be part of a successful group. And it brings more joy to be doing that with a bunch of people we respect and and like than just doing it on our own, right? So yeah, um, yeah so that, that that was that's been very foundational to me ever since I worked for Laura. And I would say, and I don't know that this is unique to IT, but it's rare that you can perform highly with just the people who work for you, right? There, there's these interplay that has to happen across teams, right? And so this ability to work across the organization because you have those good relationships and that strong team helps the overall performance of the organization also, I would say. Right, and it helps you just to, yeah, I, I think that's right. I think the, the university benefits, we always talk about having a diverse group of people, right? If you get more thoughts, thoughts and perspectives you bring to things are just better. But other I think as an individual, when you have a high level of trust, you can grow faster. I can tell you here, Jen Stedlin has pulled me aside a couple of times. Uh, I'll just call her up because I respect her as well. And, and said, Bill, here's something that you didn't do well or that someone was concerned about what you said or how you said it. And it's like, I'm not sure I always reacted perfectly to that, but it was like, it was always brought in this high level of trust. And it was like, and, and, I, and, I, and I have grown because of that. And Dave, you and I do the same thing with each other. We give each other really direct feedback. I mean, that makes us, you know, better colleagues. It makes us better uh, individual team members. It's, it's, it's to me the way I want to work for sure. Yeah, that's great. So Bill, thinking back in your leadership journey, was there a time of adversity that you went through that formed 
part of how you lead today? Well, I'd like to think, you know, one thing comes to mind, although I'm sure there are many, but one example comes to mind where I think I've learned from it, but you can say, Dave, if I've really learned from it that much. Um, so there was a time when I was, I was working for Laura and we were under, going to undergo a major change. In fact, what we were going to do is we were going to change the way we were compensating everybody. Right, so the compensation model was going to change, which is, I mean, we're touching the third rail, right? Yeah. So it was a very big project. There was a lot of investment of it. It ended up being a really successful effort, but we had an excellent HR leader who was driving this. And I was still a pretty junior leader, right? I hadn't really been through this kind of change. And frankly, when they, when you go through this, there's a lot of steps because there's a lot of data analysis. There's a lot of discussion. There's a lot of prioritization. And the first amount that the information we were given was just wrong. To this day, I will tell you, I was right, right? I was right. I know I was right, but the way I presented it was so poor that I undermined my, my message. Right. Like it didn't matter that I was right. I didn't do it in a constructive, team oriented, you know, we, us against the problem kind of. I was, it was definitely, you know, I, I came off as critical. Um, and I regret that. You know, it's been 20 years. I still regret, regret that. And, and that leader who I now have, you know, I, we've had, we've, <laughs> we've, I, she walked out of the room crying. Right. And that's when I realized, oh my God, what the hell of heck, excuse me, have I done? So, um, and it, so that, and I remember the next day, um, and maybe this is the key leadership lesson for me. I remember the next day I was walking to work and I was thinking, I cannot be successful if I don't have an excellent relationship with this person. And, and so I made it my goal for the next year to say, I'm, it sounds sort of manipulative, but it wasn't, it was really from my heart. I, I am going to improve this relationship. So I set up meetings. I had honest discussions. I actually put it in our mind. We have work plans back in Michigan where you put much like we have goals in, in work lion. I put a goal, going to have an excellent relationship with this person. And I remember at the end of the year getting an exceeds expectations, not because I was maybe thriving, but because, and, and Laura called it out. She said, wow, you and this person are doing so well together. This is exactly what I want. And so that would, to me was, a, so I a few lessons. One, you know, I've got to really learn how to think up and present my words more thoughtfully because I can be a little abrasive sometimes. So I got to be careful. And then two, you know, when you do make a mistake, you can, you can turn that into a success. You just have to take time and you have to invest effort. Um, it's not going to, you don't have to be defined just by what you've done badly. You can, be, you can turn that into what you do well. So I don't know, if Dave, if that resonates, yeah. or if you think I actually well, did learn that lesson. <laughs> well, no, absolutely. I absolutely. I I haven't seen that bill <laughs> in my relationship with you. I mean, I see when then when you are confident that you're right about something, right? I, I, I know when you have that sense, but I also have very much seen you being very thoughtful about how you deliver a message and that, you know, you can be right or you can be successful, right? And right, being exactly, successful yeah. is is better. Um, I think what I really like about that story is the fact that after it happened, you were reflective enough about this is I knew you knew this was wrong. And then intentional enough to figure out a plan for how to work on it to make it not just, you know, uh, 
you know, put a bandaid on it to heal it, but really then strengthen it, right? So turn that into scar tissue that's even stronger than regular skin, right? That's right. And I've used that story with a lot of people that have worked for me that I see struggling in an area. Because I, I found as a leader, if I share openly and sort of vulnerably where my mistakes were, that it helps them. Um, I can also add what I did at the time is I had some trusted colleagues that I went to and who were in that room mm. and said, what would you do? So one was John Guzman, who was a former chief information officer at Notre Dame. And we sat down for a long time and talked. We, so I tried to take advice. And so I would recommend that to other leaders. It's like, yeah, you, you, gotta, you have to be open. You're going to have to. It hurts. It's embarrassing. It's frustrating. Uh, but if you really want to grow, that's the kind of stuff you have to do. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I mean, I think in addition to being self-reflective is having people that you trust around you that mm -hmm. will tell you the truth and, and right. you've built those relationships and that, that pays off in the long run. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. um, so Bill, uh, how do you learn about leadership, right? So I, you know, I always believe that leadership, we're constantly learning and growing. It's a journey you never get to the end of. Um, any books or authors or podcasts or activities that you do to improve your leadership? Um, yeah, I uh, yeah, generally reading, you know, generally I've got, there's, um, I do a lot of podcast listening, but not always on leadership topics. It's more for enjoyment, but, um, but I really value those. Um, the, the, the author that's probably been most influential is Patrick Lencioni. So uh, who wrote five dysfunctions of team. If people haven't read that book, I would highly recommend it. Um, his, Writing style not be for everybody, but it's really light. So it can be done read very quickly. Uh, he has another one called The Ideal Team Player. He has a series of these books. Um, and the, the basic premise of, of Mancioni's work is that trust is the underpinnings of a successful team and a successful organization. Um, and that particular book, Five Dysfunctions, is what Laura used to get us going as a team. We all, we all read it. Uh, I remember while reading it, and then we had a series of meetings, including some um, retreats where we had to be very vulnerable and share specifics about our work our working relationships with each other. And so I would recommend people uh, read that and think carefully about it. And, and if you're trying to build a great team, use it. We've done that in my uh, infrastructure group. We've been, we've used that book. And I think if you talk to folks, there's a high level of trust there because we've spent some time intentionally working, working through that. So those, um, but, but I, I, I when I get recommendations, you, you recommended a, a book to me, Dave, you know, several books to me, Dave. And I, I try to follow up when people do because I enjoy, um, uh, I enjoy the general topic of leadership. Um, and so, yeah, so, but that's the one. I would let you these books are the ones I would recommend. That's interesting. The last podcast I did with someone who's not in IT recommended a, a Patrick Lencioni book, and it wasn't one about uh, it wasn't the ones that I have heard of that, like, that you mentioned. It had to do with um, customer, customer mm. experience. Um, so that was one that I need to look up and, and learn yeah, more okay, about. Good. Yeah. Um, so Bill, do you have any web or social media presence if someone wants to learn a little more about you and, uh, and how you think and, and lead? Not, not really. I do Twitter, you know, so if you want to, you can follow me on Twitter, Bill Robleski, but I don't, I don't do a whole lot. I, I'm more of a read. I'm more of a stalker in social media, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also open. If there's leaders in Penn State IT that would just like to sit down and talk for a half hour, hour, you know, I, I'm always, I'm always game to do that. I love these topics, right? These are, they're interesting. And, and I, it's, it's always fun to pick each other's brain and what, what, where people are in their career and stuff. So feel free to reach out to me directly if, if folks would like to talk. That's great. Thanks for offering that. And and Bill, thank you for your time and thank you for uh, coming to Penn State and for your 
leadership and service here to our university. Well, good luck with the podcast day. I hope it works great. Thanks, Bill. Thank you for listening to the Happy Valley Leaders Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Give us a review and share us with others. You can follow us on Twitter at HV Leader Podcast and on YouTube at Happy Valley Leaders Podcast. Remember, leadership is an action and a choice. So go be a leader.